Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Welcome to NASCAR America, the Motorsports Hour. Marty Snyder, A.J. Allmendinger, and Parker Kligerman joining you here today. Hey, guys, no racing this weekend. What are we going to do all weekend? I have no idea. I'm going to uh, I'm gonna work on my Masters no. 2020. Uh, really? Yeah. Why is that different than every Monday it's through really Thursday? Not. Yeah. It's not. Hey, this I, think, you I thought you've been working anyway. on that your whole life. The Masters is safe for 2020. 2021, <laughs> I think. That's when he's yeah. got I, I don't think anyone currently on the PGA <laughs> Tour is worried about you joining them and beating them. I can bomb at 240, soon. okay? Like, <laughs> 240. Go, AJ. Hey, there's lots of good things to talk about. We're going to talk NASCAR, IndyCar, IMSA, and Supercross. But in terms of the Cup Series, quarter of the way through the season already, Let's look at how we got here. 101,000 are on their feet waiting for the green flag. It is out. And DiBenedetto is around. A multi-car pileup as cars crash and collide. Flames and sparks. Boyer to the bottom. Whoa, he gets turned right in front of Chase Elliott. William Byron gets it. Slamming in is McMurray. Denny Hamlin's trying to block all lanes. He's to the outside, to the inside, to the checkered flag. Denny Hamlin has won the Daytona 500. This is the greatest victory I've ever had, period, in my life. Better than Super Bowls, better than championships in racing. This was the most emotional, the best win for me ever because of J.D. and his life. the best medicine. Joey Logano on the bottom. Brad Kozlowski in the middle up top the left machine to Brandon Castle. Side by side. Teammates not giving an inch. Was it fun? Uh, if I won. Joey Logano is going to win the Pennzoil 400. Yeah. Awesome job, everyone. After round one of qualifying, Suarez went looking for McDowell to have a conversation. I'm the kind of driver that I'm going to give a lot of respect to you. Always. You give me respect back. If you don't give me respect, I want to go through your ass. Man, you see the hands of Ryan Blake fighting for this lead. And here comes the candy man. 52nd career cup victory for Kyle Busch. Get out the broom, boys. What a comeback after a speeding penalty on pit road. Kyle Busch in his Joe Gibbs Toyota is going to win his 53rd race in the Cup Series and hit his magic number 200. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. How many in a row? How many? A dominant day about to pay off. One last run by Chase Elliott. Not going to get there. Brad Keselowski wins the STP 500. See you with your toes, buddy. I mean, the lesson was supposed to be learned in California when we made ourselves look like idiots out there. I'm pissed off on qualifying over this. Is, we've been doing this years and years and years. This is stupid. A double penalty day and a checker 
flag for Denny Hamlin. Hang on, baby. How about that, Call on Keslowski is failure to follow instructions from the tower. What a bunch of clowns. I think they should take the rule book, tear half the pages out of it, and go race. The two best drivers here at Bristol Motor Speedway battling for the victory. Kyle Busch leads brother Kirk by a single car lane. Kyle Busch is going to come down to the checkered flag. <laughs> Thank you, guys. I overstepped the car's limits in turn one with like three to go. Yeah, otherwise, I was going to recommend three and four come and take the checker. I was going to flat out recommend. Here's Legato. One final time at the end of the backstretch. Truex throws the block. Legato looks top five. Legato now trying to wedge his way under him. Short track win number one for Martin Truex and Choke Hips Toyota. Now we can find something else to talk about. Mark Truex has finally done it. Well, some great moments. And just a quarter of the way through the season, as we mentioned, so we put you guys to work this morning, asked you to come up with some first quarter superlatives for 2019. So biggest moment of 2019. Want to hear from both of you, AJ? We'll start with you. What was the biggest moment for you in 2019 so far? Yeah, I mean, I really think it had to start with Daytona. You know, Danny Hamlin going out there and, and winning the Daytona 500. He had a struggle of a year last year, not winning a race. Whether we believed it or not, his job maybe being on the line. There's so many rumors going around. Don't know what's true, but yeah, I don't think that was Yeah, but more importantly, to not win a race and then come back, win the biggest race of the year, and to really do it in honor of J.D. Gibbs after he had passed away, uh, just kind of all that mixed together made, for me, so far, the uh, the biggest moment of the year. And they've cemented it with a second yes. win now, Parker. So that, that was huge, and I think for the 11 car, you know, kind of get turned the page from last season and everything that went down there. But for me, the biggest moment just recently occurred, and that is Martin Truex Jr. finally winning on a short track. <laughs> so we don't have to say that he hasn't won on a short track. You don't have to ask him anymore, Parker. Exactly. I don't have to ask this anymore and him get very angry at me and that sort of thing. You've experienced that. So yes, yes. most of all, that was also a really cool race. Those last 30 or so laps between Joe Logano, Clint Boyer, and Martin Truex was awesome to watch. They're sliding around, and I loved his description after the race of what it was like driving he goes it was like driving in the snow and I was like I've never heard that description of being on old tires at Richmond or on a short track but I love that description because it was so uh you know I could visualize that so well like yeah that's exactly what it's like it's like driving on snow because there's no grip whatsoever yeah, and you've right. got to hit these little points and he was able to hold off two very fast cars I thought that was a great win and a cool moment and everybody wants to talk about the package but to me the end of the Richmond race really showed what this package can do AJ you agree yeah and, and especially on the short tracks you know this package with more downforce really just helps the cars kind of just for side-by-side -side racing. At Richmond, we saw, you know, we always talk about aero, and aero is going to be a big deal when you're behind the car, but it just seemed like at Richmond and Bristol as well, they could get side-by-side. -side, they could move around the racetrack and make for different lines to where there was passing, and it just wasn't the tires going away and one single car kind of getting out there and dominating. I did not think Logano was going to get as close as he did to Truex there those last couple and of those laps. And it was fantastic the last few huge laps. lunges yeah. there. And I was like, man, this is a real – I mean, I just thought that was a very cool finish to that race. And there was parts of that race that were not as exciting. So I was very <laughs> excited to see that finish in that last battle. That was very cool. He and I were watching it at dinner, and it, it was some great yeah, racing. Really we was, were yeah. really captivated. All right, biggest surprise of the season so far, AJ? Uh, well, in a good and bad way, okay. Chip Ganassi Racing. Now, starting with the good, Kurt Busch has been solid – throughout the course of the year. He's got three top fives, six top tens. He's seventh in points. And just every weekend, you know, whether he's not the car to beat, but he just does all the right things. 
him and that one team in general. So they've been strong. They're just consistently one of the top Chevys every weekend showing that it's not just raw speed. They're able to do it in a variety of ways, whether it's strategy, being smart, Kurt, like at Bristol, just getting after it. Yep. Well, now the bad. Kyle Larson. Really, we saw that highlight package there. Atlanta was the last time we just saw Kyle right. Larson having speed in the race car. And this was something I questioned with this package. And Kyle Larson stood out to me. As soon as we came up with this rules package, I said, is this going to hurt Kyle Larson? Because at certain racetracks where you can go up there and run the fence, that was his advantage. He's the best guy in the sport when it was getting up against the fence, putting that right rear fender against it, and just riding the wall and finding speed. With this package, it just doesn't happen. So whether it's self-induced mistakes, some bad luck like at Texas, they blew a tire, or just no speed in the car. Right now, he's 19th in points, and his teammate's 7th and being fast every weekend. Mm. He's got a lot of work to do. Continuing off his struggles is his manufacturer, Chevy. They have not won a race this season, so we're nine races through. This is the first time since 1992 that they haven't won a race. And if they don't win at Talladega, which I'll be in that race in a Toyota, so I hope they don't because I'd like to win, then that will be the first time since 1971 that Chevy has won this wow. many races in the season without a win. So this is a you know a tough time for Chevy. And I saw an interesting quote from Chip Ganassi recently where he basically said, you know, obviously the other manufacturers may be a little bit ahead, but he said, you know, in some respects, it might just be two organizations that are ahead of us that happen to be in different manufacturers, that being point. Penske and Joe Gibbs. Yeah. So maybe it's not just a Chevy problem. Maybe it's those two organizations have just been so far ahead of everyone, as we've seen. But, uh, you know, not good times in the Chevy camp continuing off Larson's deal to not have a win so far. Yeah. I'm disappointed in you both. Neither one of you picked, picked the Suarez-McDowell fight. Oh, oh wow. Guys of the year. Come on. <laughs> Who'd you have in this fight, by the I, way? You know what? So Suarez right here, he's winning. Now Drew, <laughs> now Drew Blickensdurfer, he takes over the win right here with the old uh, choke hold pin down on the hood. McDowell is trying here's to, the foot grab. He's trying the to untie his shoe here. I don't yeah. at this point, McDowell's just got a set. I think face he's stretching him. Just, yeah. I think that's a stretch. That was like, let me help stuff. you. Let me work Had out some kids for you. Somewhere. And then right. we found out that Suarez liked to fight every day in school. Yes. Yeah. Well, now we yeah, know. Yes, yeah. exactly. So who, uh, what will be the biggest storyline of the summer, AJ? What's your take on that? Uh, you know, just really when will Stuart Haas racing win a race, they haven't – it's not like they've been slow. Kevin Harvick's fourth in points. He's had speed. We've seen Clint Boyer, Richmond, had a shot to win. He's had a few races. Bristol, he was really good. And Eric Amarola and, and Daniel Suarez, they just kind of go out there and, and keep doing their thing. Suarez over the last, I would say, four or five races really showed a lot of speed. Eric's just been there. He's had some bad luck, got wrecked on the first lap at Bristol. So yeah. uh, I think it's soon, but which one of, really, which one of those four drivers will be the first one to go out there and win a race for them? That is going to be interesting to watch, but something I'll be watching through the summer stretch and something I watch every summer through the summer grind is that playoff bubble. This is where we decide who makes the playoffs, and right now it's incredibly tight. From 14th to 20th, there's only 19 points between William Byron to Austin Dillon, and in there, two cars that really stick out to me is actually the six of Ryan Newman, the 17 of Ricky Stenhouse Jr., because Roush Fenway Racing made a big change bringing Ryan Newman in this year, hopefully trying to get two cars towards the playoffs. And last year, it was devastating when Ricky Stenhouse Jr. did not make the playoffs. That's everything that team tries to do to show that they're making the improvements, that they're becoming more competitive, and just prove their sponsors that you know they, they have the, the, the ability to go and do that sort of thing. And to miss the playoffs is huge. So right now, being in the position they are, they are in a dogfight that's going to continue through the summer. And I think it's going to be intense to watch that And if happen. you really look at those points, you know, somebody, two guys that stand out to me, Eric Jones. I mean, the organization's got six wins. Yep. He's got to step up at some point. Maybe feel a little yeah. bit of the pressure. And, and I, 
believe me, I don't think he's going to miss the playoffs, but he's 17th right now. And then you look at Kyle Larson, we just talked about him, 19th in points. So, Parker, to your point, talking about Ryan Newman, that's 15th, tied for 14th, and Ricky Stenhouse Jr., those are two cars, Eric Jones and Kyle Larson, we both expect to finally get it going and make up a lot of points. So it's going to be a tight battle. That's a good point about points. Thank you, man. <laughs> you, all that for that? <laughs> I had to just, he said points like five times. <laughs> uh, the all-star format announced, by the way, a few changes to the format itself, adding five laps for the first stage, but then all this technical stuff on the bottom, Parker, yes. which you tell me you're excited about. <laughs> Please tell me why, and yeah. preferably in English, because that's way above my head. So, so right there, that looks a lot, very hard to understand, a lot of technical mumbo-jumbo. But basically what's going to happen is they're allowing this, this piece now through the hood from the radiator. So basically the air is going to go through the radiator and out the top of the hood, almost like hood vents. Wow. Which is going to be a cool deal. I think the uh, intention is a little bit sort of multifaceted. One, it's allow these cars to get closer to each other, not be affected by traffic as much. Also, maybe to run less tape, if any tape at all. This could negate the need for tape, which could maybe take the cars, make them a little closer together because there's some things with engine temperature that tape affects without getting too technical. But nonetheless, that's happening there. And then they're also adjusting the splitter for the same reason to help the cars run behind each other. So we'll see if these changes make any sort of difference. I think it's going to be interesting because this <laughs> is something we really fun. He's like, I know. It's, he's like, oh, man. He went like that. Blazed. <laughs> <laughs> so. Race cars. They're, they're, they're taking all the restrictor and everything out, and they're just going max horsepower. 1,000 right? horsepower, actually. Yeah. yeah. I, I want that's, all, that's all I want. I want yeah. to get on my soapbox and ask for the option tire. And I, I think it should stay, but I that's agree. just me. I think that would be cool. I it think we should have given it. Car. We should have given it more chances. I agree with that. Hey, every Thursday we give you a chance to vote on the Global Motorsports Superstar of the Week. But so many great options this week. We wanted to let you at home decide who the winner is. The nominees: Alexander Rossi, kind of a dominating win in Long that's Beach. Pretty dominant, think, guys. He was pretty good this weekend. Yeah. I think. How about IMSA star Jordan Taylor? Had an emergency appendectomy on Monday. And then Saturday, he's racing. That's amazing. That's incredible. Five days later, Supercross winner Eli Tomac. And even though it wasn't in a race car, hey, let's throw in Jimmy Johnson. Why not? Well, Ran the Boston well, Marathon yeah, on Monday. I, Superman over here. I thought I was going to do that, and then I was I thought you were I, entered in the Boston Marathon. I, I, what happened? I, I played golf. Oh, you played <laughs> golf and said, hey, check us out on Twitter and uh, send us your vote. Up next, if you think the weird direct messages you get from your friends are a little too extra, just wait to hear the strange DM NASCAR drivers get. They're revealed next. You're invited to the most exciting all-day party in sports, the Kentucky Derby, presented by Woodford Reserve. The first Saturday in May on NBC, part of NBC Sports Championship season, presented by Canada Dry Ginger Ale and Lemonade. Time now for our social pit stop. Last night, our very own AJ Allmendinger had a double date with Maddie D. Oh, look at this. And the significant others even showed up. Who do you think paid, Parker? Uh, well, I'm going to go with Matt. Matt, Straight cup up. driver. Of yeah. course Come on. That's a cup <laughs> driver. Hey, you're a TV star yeah. now. What are you yeah, talking about? I thought you were going to become a professional golfer. Uh, yeah. But the real bromance should focus on AJ and Matt over the years. Oh, oh look this at this. Oh, our, oh, what is that? That's oh, weird. I don't know. <laughs> do push-ups with me on his back. I actually he heard that, that Matt... Yeah. Matt recently did an more. interview where he There's said more. that he misses you being in the driver introductions area because you used to <laughs> poke him in the in the rear end. Oh, yeah. 
I'll look at even a little out to a heart. Easter, not Valentine's Day. Well, what the heck are we it doing? It seem to be maybe Valentine's Day. I don't know, there. man. It's up to you. That's you two. Did y'all have fun? Where'd you go? Uh, we went to Ease. Oh, actually. okay. Very yeah. nice. It's a little sushi place yeah. in Huntersville, North yeah. Carolina. Great spot, isn't And then it? I told him that uh, I'm going to take him on another date night to On the Nines in Marsville. <clears throat> I'm glad you guys let yeah. the, the ladies come. That's On good. the Nines. You should go there. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Instagram and social media, if you've ever DM'd a driver, <laughs> you'll want to pay attention to this next piece because you might get called out. As we head down into Rutt's basement to hear from the drivers on the strangest direct messages they've ever received. Strangest direct message you've ever received. Strangest DM? Oh man, I had a guy DM me on Venmo the other day and said, I'm a broke college student and I want to go to the national championship. Send me $100. It's like... What I appreciate I about you, you almost did, didn't you? I was like, there's a split second. I posted a picture of my dog once. This girl sent me a direct message and said that uh, the dog needed a, a mom. And I was like, uh. For a split second there, it made you think, didn't yeah, it? I was like, well, and I was like, no. <laughs> like uh, high school dances. I'm like, I'm 25 years old. Like, I can't go to a high school dance with you. I'm sorry. Let me not crush your soul, but just legally speaking. Legally you know speaking, yeah. This just looks do. weird for me. Yeah. Have you been asked, hey, would you take me to prom? I haven't asked that. I haven't asked that. It is odd. You know, I don't know you. Like, I don't know what you got. The strangest DM I've ever gotten was uh, hand over your Instagram account or else I'm going to hack your bank accounts, which he then did. Yeah. No. Yeah. Really? Yeah. So they weren't kidding. No, no, no. Strangest. Uh, hey, I think we're related. I bet you've gotten that more than once, too, haven't you? And it's always by someone, you know, blah, 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 Hamlin. You're like, there's, there's more than four of us. Yeah. <laughs> and do you, do you look at those and you always think, do I respond? And you're like, no, I don't. Yeah, but hey, you never know with all these tests nowadays. You, you right? have no idea who you're related to. Have you thought about doing one of those? Um, I'm fairly confident it. in my past. I don't want to reveal any secrets maybe between my parents, so I just assume not to it. Because <laughs> then you're like, guys, uh, we should yeah. talk. And my girlfriend Jordan had a friend that came back and she did the test and they said, uh, by the way, you have an identical twin out there somewhere. Uh, no way. Yeah. And it literally, they met and it was like looking in the mirror. It's crazy. It's like that movie. Could three you imagine out. if there was crazy. two of you? No. That's <laughs> yeah, one's I enough. I couldn't either. Oh my gosh, there could be two Rutledges. Oh, we Who knew? We don't one is that. No, no, yeah, no, 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 no. Uh, any, any funny direct message stories? Yeah, you know, I mean, you get a lot of weird stuff, but I think the weirdest one, I wonder if you've gotten this, is when they reach out sometimes and they're like, hey, they see you're in a certain city, like, you wanna grab a beer? You wanna grab a drink? And I'm like, <laughs> no, like, I don't even know you. Like, where are you? What? Who are you? Like, why are you reaching out to random people being like, let's grab drinks tonight? Like, no. And I, that ha that's happened to me like five times, probably. I don't, yeah, I don't like it's that. odd. Nobody's actually. <laughs> Direct message me, but, well, Steph Curry, Tiger Woods, answer my messages, would you? <laughs> so you're saying you've sent some. Maybe. But you haven't actually I haven't gotten any back yet. Any. No, nothing. I'm sorry. Well, he'll have to answer when you're on the PGA Tour. That's true. Hey, coming up next, we're going to switch gears to IMSA, and Parker has an interesting take on the race from Long Beach. Parker's excited to tell you about boxing and racing next. Let's go, the Bubba Burger Sports Car Grand Prix of Long Beach. 
And they bash, they bash again. Barrino oh. dives in there, loses it. Talked about the aggressive nature of this 100 minute sprint. We're seeing it early. Oh, there, it there, goes. Goes. there it goes. And it's taken out one big contender. This week has just not been good for this group. Albuquerque and Joao Barbosa go back to back. Meanwhile in GTLM. Oh, he turns oh, it. And Magnussen into the back of Dirk Mueller. This is what I like about the America. I mean, we had a hard start with Joao, but we still came back. I love it. It's just great. If you didn't believe it was a crazy IMSA race in Long Beach, there was video <laughs> proof. Nate Ryan has joined us. By the way, our wardrobe, AJ, is all over the map. Nate in a nice yeah. coat. Parker's in a T-shirt. Pajama shirt. You and I are in normal clothing. <laughs> I just want to note, right? Well, he's wearing pajamas under this. <laughs> yeah, I always do. My goodness. It's like the grown-ups in me. Oh, Parker, we had to make fun of your shirt at some point today. Hey, but you have a great theory. We saw yeah. some action at Long Beach. I mean, those cars were hammering on each other. And, and you said it's kind of what? Well, I thought that I've seen less contact in boxing matches. So we actually kind of went out there and, and found some video evidence. You see all the contact happening here. Oh. But then, wait, here's boxing. Dance. Nothing. Then, whoa. Well, here we are bumping again. It's a Ford GT and a Porsche. No, wait. Now, oh, no. Now we got GT cars hitting DP cars, Corvettes and the Fords. And, Dance around a little bit. And, yeah, let's just stare at each other a little bit and not do anything of what you're going to do. So I thought, you know, that was just a full contact brawl in the streets right. of Long Beach. It was awesome to watch. I watched every bit of racing this past weekend. And that race was the most captivating of any of them because it just, you never knew it was going to win. The drivers were going at it. And by the end, the car that was leading GTLM had his parts flapping in the back, the diffuser. It was just no holds barred racing. I so, loved it. So clearly you spent a lot of time in your couch watching. I did. Yes. Drinking <laughs> coming out of this coffee. boxing theory. Yeah. You also had some time to tweet. And I noticed this uh, during the Richmond race Saturday night, Parker. You had this tweet comparing the racing at Richmond to what you had seen earlier in the day at Long Beach with IMSA. I was watching that tweet, or watching the race, and saw that tweet with uh, Chip Ganassi and some other media members who were at the, the Long Beach circuit watching the, the Richmond race from afar on Saturday night. And Chip Ganassi referenced it again on his Sunday media availability, where people were asking about the Gen 7 car, and he referenced her tweet and said, there's validity here. Like, the IMSA cars race better right now in some ways than the Cup yeah. cars. Like, they're not as prissy, maybe, or fragile. And the, <laughs> That's the a good word, way to put it. The word that Chip used was, we've got to stop having the Cup cars being more like a Swiss watch. Like, it's, it, when the Gen 7 comes out, they've got to be able to, to bump and bang like the IMSA cars did on Saturday. And I think that's the intention. And it was just so, you know, visible this past weekend when you go from those cars on the streets along Beach bumping into each other and racing so hard. And then you go to a short track, which was known for years in stock cars as, you know, rough and tumble, fender banging. And you just didn't see that. I mean, you get one touch here. He cuts down his left rear tire. He's in the wall. We had one other car where the right rear quarter panel got wrinkled, and suddenly it's you're going to lose right side right side force. I mean, we've just gotten to a point where the, our stock cars are more like prototypes, and these, those IMSA cars were a great example of a car being more like a stock car, something that comes from the road, and therefore was maybe a little tougher and not as aerodynamically sensitive. So I think this is the intention of the Gen 7. From everything I hear, that's what we're going to move towards, and I think it can't, it can't come soon enough because – you know, we obviously have ended up at a point that it's not it's it's not as cool to think about a stock car race or a short track and think as a driver, especially, you know, I know if I dent some fenders, that's hurting the that's hindering the performance of my race car. It's just not cool. I really want to go back to your tweet 
Oh no! Yeah, I just want to look at that picture. I mean, yeah, that's what well, right. I was so, shocked about. Yeah, what look is, at what that is thing. This? Like a yeah. ninth grade picture. That's I mean, that's my that. prize fighting photo. I was gonna say <laughs> I, I see a boxing motif. Yeah, I, I was yeah. I was trying out for the latest awesome. boxing tournament, um, and I had long hair. So that's about a year ago when I grew my hair out. For <laughs> very no mean there. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I should go back to slicked back person. hair. <laughs> yeah. uh, all the Long Beach drama helped tighten up the standings in the DPI class. Just four points separate the top teams. Look at the Cadillacs, man. They are up there. And, and I think, guys, certainly the talk of the paddock has been Felipe Nazar and Pippo Durrani and how strong they've been, AJ. I mean, you know, are, would you argue those are the class drivers so far this year in IMSA? No, I completely agree in that, that wheel and engineering group. They had so much speed this weekend at, at Long Beach, and uh, it comes back to execution. And we talked about that in the pre-race show. Long Beach, one or two pit stops, you got to execute. Tire comes off. At this point, I thought their race is done. Their car is going to be damaged because they're, yeah. dra they're dragging the splitter all the way back to uh, to the pits. And at that point, Pippa Durrani got in the car and laid down the fastest race lap by over four tenths. I mean, Maybe. they are wow. just they are dominant right now on speed, but you still have to execute. And that's what we're going to see over the, the rest of the races here is going to a, a place like mid-Ohio where it's tight, you know, Track position's key, but they have the speed, and, and the the lineups of all the cars are really strong, but I don't know. Just those two between Pippo and, and Felipe Nazar uh, are the strongest of the group right now. And there's a lot of talk in the paddock. Felipe Nazar kind of wandered over to the IndyCar paddock this <laughs> That's weekend. That's interesting. Yeah, 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 I mean, he's a former Formula 1 driver and a friend of Marcus Erickson, spent some time over there. I, th I think if I was an IndyCar team owner, I would be kind of dialing what, up his number. You what know? does PT yeah. always say about Alexander Rossi inside that Penske DPI? You know, he's, right. We'll get into that later. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. Maybe Felipe's hoping to get the same thing going. So. Uh, AJ from Mazda. Boy, it's been a tough couple of races for the 55 team. And, and Jonathan Bomarito is a guy you know very well. Just seems like he just can't get anything pointed in the right direction. What's going on there? Yeah, I think there's a lot of pressure on, on all the drivers there. You know, Mazda Team Yost, they came in. They set an all-time track record at the Rolex 24-hour race. Had a mechanical failure. At mm. Sebring, one of the cars had a mechanical failure. Jonathan Bomarito, contending for the win, made a mistake and, and crashed. And then here at Long Beach, Jonathan crashed in qualifying. He tubbed the car, meaning that they had to go just to a complete brand-new crack the tub. Yeah, tub and just basically start over. He was aggressive here, trying to make up some spots on the first lap of the race and and obviously had a, an incident there. And I've raced against Jonathan Bomberry. I grew up with him. We were both in the yeah. same region in karting. He's a great guy. He's got so much talent, but I've been there before. I've been there. When you got guys that come in and there's a lot of pressure in the team in general to go win a race, and then you have other drivers, and that's what's hard in sports car racing. It's not just, hey, this is my teammate car versus car there's another guy in the car and, and harry tignall got in that car and set the second fastest race lap after jonathan got out so it's one of those things where he's putting a lot of pressure on himself pushing hard and on top of that when you do that you start making mistake after mistake yeah. and then it gets inside your head because i had this in 2005 justin wilson was my teammate i knew he had so much experience he was so fast when he mm -hmm. came into our race team it's like i gotta try harder i gotta try harder and all of a sudden a mistake happens Another mistake happens. Then it just gets inside your head where it's like, okay, what's going to happen next? You know, what, 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 what am I going to do now? And you can't do anything you know, right. And for Jonathan Bomarito, believe me, he's got so much talent. He's been a part of the Mazda program for a long, long time. He'll get it together. I could see them going to mid-Ohio and go win a race. All right, let's check out GTLM standings. Porsche right now, 1-2. Corvette is sitting in third. But uh, 
I want to focus on the Ganassi cars, and you talked to them a little bit, Nate. They can't catch a break yeah. this year, whether it's a caution at Daytona that came out a lap too soon, or too late, rather, or running out of fuel at the end of the race at Long Beach, and they just cannot catch a break I, I on mean, the 67 or the 66. Yeah, I mean, and they were the story going in, not being able to catch a break with Joey right. Hand being ill, so they had right. to go get Bourdais, and Bourdais runs, like, the first 22 laps. He comes out, and then Mower gets in the car, and it looks like, hey, this they might actually salvage this weekend. And then, of course... Last lap troubles for both him and the other car running out of fuel as well. And, yeah, I agree with you, Marty. I mean, it's been a tough season. I mean, really, going all the way back to Daytona, it's that's kind of been the story. I And I agree. I mean, this is just this is tough to watch sometimes. And you see this, you know, in the, the GTLM class is so competitive, so tight. It really is, and yeah. amongst these manufacturers that you can't give anything up. And, you, you know, you'll get taken advantage of from those other manufacturers bringing multiple cars. So this, these guys are definitely in a position where they're thinking kind of similar to Mazda guys of like, what do we have to yeah. do to change this around, change the mentality, change the, the juju a little bit inside that race team to get it moving forward. Well, as we mentioned earlier, Jordan Taylor had an er, uh, Jordan Taylor had an emergency appendectomy Monday night, but was in the car Friday for practice, race Saturday, and he had fun on Twitter. Check this out, guys. His doctor in Florida actually said, "You have a zero percent chance of racing this weekend." <laughs> That's crazy. And wow. as he said, this is him exiting the car, which he told me was the most painful part of it. Hold my appendix, please. That oh. is it. Tough race right there. Tough dude right there. So if you want to vote for Jordan or one of the other three drivers for our Global Motorsports Star of the Week, head to our Motorsports page on NBC Twitter. About ten times it took me, probably two for a normal person, waking up with a massive hangover. Yeah. And your kid's standing on your head at 6 a.m., you're like, ah, nah, ah, no more of that. Do you know, like, a rough number of how many drivers you've had a physical altercation with? Oh, God, no. I don't have enough fingers. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> I was pissed off and angry, and I just passed the cop. And I uh, saw him look at me. I was like, oh. About the fans calling in. Are y'all ready to take our let's first Yeah, let's do let's it. Do it. NASCAR does nothing to it. He's the dirtiest one out there. Joe Gibbs ducked Joey Logano first. I'm just adding some fuel here. It's not hump day anymore. It's Wednesday walk back day. <laughs> Sounds like you fell face first into a stat book. Just give us a question. Oh, we always have fun on NASCAR America. Speaking of having fun, Alexander Rossi certainly did at Long Beach cruising to the win for the second year in a row. He led off at five laps, AJ. And won by more than 20 seconds. Whatever it is about this place, he's just got it dialed in. I think he's still leading laps at Long Beach. <laughs> but while Rossi had things covered up front, things got interesting on the final lap. There it is. Scott Dixon, Graham Rahal. What that, Parker? Ah, <laughs> not a block. Not oh, a block. IndyCar got involved. They took third place from Graham Rahal, gave it to Scott Dixon. Obviously, a little controversy at the end of the Long Beach race. So, Nate, I want to go to you first because after all that, and we went off the air on NBCSN, you were able to talk to Graham and Scott. So what did you learn from us? And we talked to Bob Rahal as well after yeah. he came out of the, the trailer. So, yeah, Graham Rahal, we talked to him after he'd seen the replay and after he visited the IndyCar officials trailer. And he just felt as if, look, uh, it was not a block. If it, uh, it was it was a block in the sense of he made a move, but Graham felt he was allowed that move and he was allowed to make it when he did it. Graham kind of hinted this was a reputational call that IndyCar had made because it was Scott Dixon, five-time champion. Graham said, hey, at Austin, uh, Dixon did this to me and I didn't say anything and maybe I should have gone to IndyCar and complained more. Uh, so I think Graham feels like as if, if it's not Scott Dixon and... 
if IndyCar isn't watching it this closely, uh, racing for third on the final lap, maybe they don't make this call, and maybe they should have made this call. And, and Scott used the word dangerous move twice right. on the radio, which I think maybe made IndyCar react a little probably, bit more. Probably, probably, yeah. Uh, okay, to the drivers, fair or foul on that call by IndyCar? I am going to go foul because that is not it was, it was a block as he said it was a block but it was completely allowed in the rules you're allowed one move and it's especially if it's proactive which it was he moved before Dixon's even pulling up the corner and going right he makes the block to the inside then he does not go back to the outside and change his lane on the entry of the corner therefore that is the one move he's allowed he absolutely should not have been penalized for that and I'm you know, I'm upset with IndyCar for a couple reasons. Mostly, as he said, the consistency of these calls. But two, they've allowed themselves now to be in a position where they have to be consistent about calls. And they've put themselves in a position where they have to make more and more judgment calls. So I think for a series that, you know, has very tight, close, open-wheel racing, there's no reason to get involved in a call like this when you've set the very the rule very simply that it's one move and that is it. And that's what he did. So I think that was a bad call by IndyCar. They should have never have taken that place it, away. It's one move if the guy... Hasn't already made the move yet. <laughs> so, so you're telling me Scott Dixon he isn't looking under Graham Ray Hall off this corner? Oh, so look at he's this. Looking. No, he's looking. He's looking. Just driving down the way out. Okay. And he also right. pushed the pass, so he accelerated harder, which you cannot anticipate someone accelerating really? that much harder. Really? You can't. You can't anticipate no, I mean, that. You can. I mean, I'm saying he, uh, he proactively, uh, 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 proactively, he proactively anyway. made the move, and then he obviously had more speed to get uh, I'm just inside there. Would I like any car to make that call at the end of the race? No. For a podium spot especially. But it wasn't just clear cut. So call it what it is. Well, it's not It's not I'm that easy, Parker. I find it, that well-timed that you spent time in race control. I did. Weekend. Yeah. Kyle just, Novak. Just, just happened to spend director. some time with race director Kyle Novak during second practice on Friday. Here's a photo from that's what they use to adjudicate and officiate races. This, these are during practices, too. They have Ari Leyendyke and Max Pappas in there. They are the stewards. That's Ari there on the right. And they are judging these things. And in this instance, I was told that Ari Leyendijk and Max Pappas looked at this replay four or five times and made the call relatively quickly. And I mean, to AJ's point, Dixon said, look, he anticipated my move. And IndyCar told drivers in the meeting before the race that you are not necessarily allowed to do that. They had language in the ground rules that said you can't. But to Parker's point, I think it's still a judgment call. I mean, I think I, the Ray Halls still have some basis for their uh, yeah, point here and, and as well. I, I don't, I don't like them making the call at the end of the race. I'm yeah. just saying that it's not like it just was some egregious move. Uh, like, I don't he, know. I he was driving them down to the wall. Like, I don't. But <laughs> he I don't, got to that portion no. where there was room. But I'm saying he would if he didn't have the push pass, he, he never would have got there. Never would have got. But he—that's the, the series has pushed a pass. No, but I'm what saying he's at that point. Okay. He never got his nose into that area that was he was filling. Right. Here's the other thing. I'm they shouldn't have made. Quick. They shouldn't have made the call for a podium spot. Right. Graham, Graham right. should have got Absolutely the podium. Not. And, and that was that say, was Bobby yes. Rahal's point. Graham like, should have got the podium. This would never happen in NASCAR. Bobby Rahal said he asked IndyCar officials, "If you were NASCAR, would you make this call in the last lap?" And they, they said, "Well, we're not now." And my last problem is, it seems like this is a rash or some sort of disease filtering through racing right now to want to have these calls and to be. You know, to have judgment calls in terms of blocking and moves and contact, get out. Let us race. That's well, it. Well, in IndyCar's defense, this is really the first time they've kind of stepped up and made a yep. call like that this year. So they've really kind of laid low for the most part. And Kyle Novak said, "I want to lay low. I don't want us to be part of the process. We move yeah. on." You guys all agree? We already heard him with Paul Tracy Max and Townsend Bell as well. Yeah. <laughs> it was Chad Team Penske. Here's where they stand going into the month of May. Joseph Newgarden has done everything he's wanted to in 2019. His worst finish is fourth this year. But check out these other two guys, AJ. Will Power, really, honestly, has had the best car in the first two races. 
and only one podium to show for it in Simon Pagenaud. So who's under more pressure at Team Penske, Will Power or Simon Pagenaud? Simon Pagenaud, for sure. Will Power, when you, when you drive for the captain and you're the defending Indy 500 winner, then yes, you got a little leeway. And you said it right there. The fact is that Will Power's been really fast beginning this year. Not a great strategy call at St. Pete, and that's why he finished third. Yep. And then just an unlucky caution coming out. And then after that, the car breaking on pit road as he goes to leave. So at Austin. Now, the last two races, I, I've been shocked. Will has struggled a little bit, made a mistake at Long Beach. But Simon Passion right now, he's just been not really showing a lot of speed. Long Beach was kind of the first signs of life of like, okay, there's some speed in there. But the thing is, anybody that knows Roger Penske, IndyCar racing is his love. Like he now he loves all forms of racing, but IndyCar racing is it for him. So who's ever the lead dog on the team is a big deal in the IndyCar team Penske kind of area of what they're looking at. And Joseph Newgarden right now has basically been consistent. He's won a race, two seconds and a fourth. So if you're the, the team leader at that point, no matter what's going on, it puts pressure on the other guys. And right now, Will's feeling it a little bit, but Simon Passion is feeling it a lot. And, yeah. and let's face it, Nate, at the beginning of the year, I mean, the Alexander Rossi to Penske rumors have been there even before the season started. Right. And they really picked up this weekend after the win. Do you think Simon's feeling that pressure? I mean, I think it's interesting that AJ says signs of life behind the wheel because I think we saw signs of life from Simon Pagano, like in his answers. In our interview on Friday, he was talking about, hey, I'm the champion. I'm still here. He said it again after he made the fast six on Saturday. He was like, I'm still here. And somebody asked him, do you have a chip on your shoulder? Are you showing him the more aggression? And he's like, hey, yes, I want to be fiery. I want to be aggressive. So he was still in a very good mood. And I think, you know, to AJ's point, he had a good weekend. But I think clearly there's a dynamic there where he is feeling some pressure. And I agree with AJ that the heat is more on him. And Will Power won the Indy 500 last year. And so he's set. Yeah, he's good. I, like, like AJ said, Indy means everything to Roger. He at least get another yeah. year for an Indy 500 win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, this morning on Today Show, three generations of Andretti, Mario, Michael, and Marco revealed a special throwback scheme that Marco We'll race next month in the Indy 500. Check that out, Parker. That's a cool car. I love that. That's Mario's car that he won in 1969. Yeah. But Marco's car, they're going to unveil here, is really cool. Look at that. Ooh. Even the font's the same. They will definitely have no problem spotting that. Uh, those three will be on the Tonight Show tonight with Jimmy Fallon. By the way, uh, Colton Hurd, a 19 years old, his band. Yes, his band. He has a band, Parker. Why don't you have yes, a band, Parker? I, no music Come on. whatsoever. The Zibs, their album dropped yesterday, so we're going to have them play us out with their new single, No Name. Parker, I'm disappointed you don't have a band. <laughs> Very upset with you. Coming up next, we're going to talk a little Supercross. Adam Cianciarulo and Eli Tomac swept in Denver, but can they deliver a championship sweep? We'll talk about it next. Broncos Stadium at Mile High underway. Tomac ready to charge. Could he give win number five here tonight? And Tomac is passed. That's cool watching him waving to the fans. He can hear them right now. Eli Tomac will win his home race in Denver. I mean, that's like what I dreamed of, and that was so special. Freaking cool.
While most of the motorsports world is just a quarter of the way through the 2019 season, Supercross, just two races away from wrapping it up, AJ, it's going quick, isn't it? It all comes down to these last two races in 450, Cooper Webb versus Eli Tomac. And obviously, he did what he did. Tomac did what he needed to do in Denver. Two in a row for him. Is it enough momentum, though, for him to take the championship? Might be a little too late right now. And, and what it comes down to is, when Eli Tomac is on, there's nobody quicker in the sport than him. Right. But when he's off, it's it still blows my mind when he's off if just how far he's off. I mean, just outside the top ten. So it's one of those things that uh, the last couple of weeks he's really focused and, and went out there and won these two races. But with two races to go, he's got to win them. But he also needs help. Cooper Webb, all he has to do the last two races is average a fifth-place finish, which – in Supercross, one mistake can really yeah. just cost you a race or the season, but Cooper Webb's just riding smart. But he's got that momentum. So do you think he could win four in a row? I really do. put himself in a position to win the championship. So I really do. Watching this past weekend in, in Denver, Cooper Webb rode smart. Once again, didn't have the outright speed. Eli Tomac put pressure on him early. Cooper Webb just let him go. Uh, a big thing for him, though, was at the end of the race, Cooper Webb was able to run down his teammate, Marvin Muscan, to get into second to really kind of cut that deficit, right. I think it would have got down to 14 if he would have uh, finished third. It might have been 16. But anyway, point being is he just doesn't have to make mistakes. Eli Tomac's got to go late on the line these last two. Cooper Webb just needs to do what he's doing and just run inside the top five, and he's going to be a champion. All right, in 250, Adam C. and Cerullo, he certainly got the win in Denver. How big was that for him? Because he had a bad couple of weeks coming into Denver. Yeah, he had struggled. Dylan Ferrandez had a lot of momentum. He had won two in a row. Uh, it was Dylan Ferrandez's first two career wins. Kind of had taken over that momentum, but Adam C. and Cerullo went out this weekend, uh, launched off the line. He was second after the first couple laps, made the pass for the lead. Never looked back, and this is a big year. Adam has really fought through a lot of injuries over the last couple of years. He's got so much speed in him, and this championship for him to go out there and win it because there was a lot of talks about him moving to the 450 class next year, and if you're going off of Austin Forkner in the 250 East, right. he's a younger guy. He, he still has another year. Even if he wins the championship this year, he can run another year in the 250 class this year, for Adam C. and Cirillo, he needs to win this championship so he can move to the 450s. Well, does it happen? Does he move to 450 next year, you think? I really think so, especially if he wins the championship. It's it, For him to get this done, it's a must because if he does, there's going to be a 450 ride from some manufacturer. A good chance it might be Kawasaki. Interesting. AJ, I'm not sure if you noticed this Saturday, but see Tomac riding around. In the Avalanche I jersey, I mean, little, his hometown. Little hometown cooking, man. Had 50 Home friends team. and family there. Well, the Avalanche won game four last night at home to take a 3-1 series lead over Calgary. The first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs continue tonight on the networks of NBC. Here on NBCSN, the Hurricanes look to even their series against the defending champs while the Golden Knights try to close whoa, out whoa, the Sharks. Whoa. Let's not close out the Sharks. Well, I, I know that's your hometown team. Yeah. But over on USA, the Winnipeg Whiteout will be on as the Blues face the Jets in a critical game five. Uh, by the way, speaking of Hurricanes <laughs> and Golden Knights, uh, Dell Jr. on the left. Bringing the siren for the Hurricanes, or as we would say, sirene around here. Kyle would say that. But Kurt Busch, that's the gift that keeps on giving, AJ. Yeah. Which Junior, one did it I've better? I've never seen him that excited. Which one did it better? I'd say Kurt. I'd say Kurt. And you can still vote for our Global Motorsports Star of the Week. Go over to Motorsports on NBC Twitter page. 
that guy. Jordan Taylor did some fun stuff this weekend. How about Tomac and Jimmy Johnson as well? Why not? Tom, before the craziness in Carolina, this is the scene outside PNC Arena in Raleigh prior to Game 4. Inside, it's back to work for Evgeny Kuznetsov and the Capitals as they try to respond from that 5-0 Game 3 loss. NHL Live is next. Thanks, Liam. Can't wait to see the action in Raleigh tonight on this day in NASCAR, April 18, 1999. Our good friend John Andretti passed Jeff Burton, our buddy with four laps to go to go on and take the win at Martinsville. We're, of course, thinking about John, uh, who's continuing his treatment for cancer. That was a big win that day for Richard Petty Motorsports. I remember that. I had his pits that day, AJ. Did wow. you? For MRN Radio, I had his pits that day. Yeah, that was, was, a, that was a big win for them. That and was. For the 43 at the time, that yeah. was a huge win. So. And notice how beat up all those cars were. Yeah. Oh, gosh, Parker, oh. back on the tangent. Yeah, I'm back. You're getting traction with your tweet. I am. A couple you, of days I, later, it was viral. Traction. It kind of went viral, I will say. I don't like to say that don't, about my don't own hurt stuff. yourself, patting yourself. No, I know. Mind. You know, I'm just you saying. Know? You know, I'm a big deal. <laughs> uh, by the way, who do you guys think won our global motorsports mm. star of the week? There wasn't a – you couldn't go wrong there. So no. I, I voted Jordan Taylor because yeah. I think when you have surgery on Monday and you race on Saturday, that's a pretty big thing. I was going to go Jimmy Johnson for the mere fact that I just can't imagine running for that you long. You can't even run around 18 holes on the golf course. Yeah. No. Who'd you Not, vote for? Uh, I was with AJ. I kind of went Jimmy Johnson. Just yeah. doing the marathon. I mean, that's crazy yeah. after doing a cup race. You I know how you bad you feel after a cup race. He said and he then, felt terrible, by the oh, way. Yeah. And he did it in like just over seven-minute miles. Almost yeah. 1,500 of you voted. Who did you vote for? Let's see. Let's see. Drum roll. Drum roll. Global, global Motorsports Star of the Week is Jimmy. Oh, yeah. There he is. Old 48 Oh, Wow. And a big margin, too. Rossi getting no love for the big win at Long Beach. That's just impressive. It is impressive that I mean, he ran a marathon. We, I mean, come on now. That's, yeah, not only that, I, I want to join the Kyle Larson, you know, and have him push me in a stroller yeah. as I do it sort of thing. But it's not only that, it's that you did a cup race tonight, like a, two, a, night, a day before. I mean, it's just crazy. It's so strenuous. We also learned on NASCAR America this week that Kyle Petty has run three marathons. Yeah. So that's that impressive. Interesting. Very yes. impressive. By the way, I think the Zibs should play us out. The Zibs. Yes. Colton Herta. And I'm still mad at you for not having a band. So AJ I'm loves your music, Colton. NHL Live is next, taking up the game four between the Caps and the Canes. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.